0: Welcome to CAFE Radio, a collaboration between the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment, the Congressional Award Foundation, and Elliott High Middle School in Washington, DC. This podcast, featuring eighth grade students from Elliott High Middle School Media Program, is intended to help guide DC students through the opportunities the Congressional Award Program offers, and provide information on how to explore the Congressional Award Program's pathways to career goals. And now, here's your host, Dr. Martez Hammonds.
1: I'm Dr. Martez Hammonds, Chief Diversity Officer at Purdue University, Fort Wayne, and a Congressional Award Advisor.
2: I'm your co-host, Lyra Penchotti.
1: How are you doing today, Lyra?
2: I'm doing good today. How are you?
1: Absolutely fine. Good to be with you. And who better else to talk to, right, about this incredible organization and the work that this organization does on behalf of young people across the United States than Mr. Paxton K. Baker? Mr. Paxton K. Baker himself is the chairman of the board of the Congressional Award. Mr. Baker was appointed in two thousand and six by the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. Uh, He then was appointed to serve as a Congressional Award Foundation's National Board of director's member. But guess what? Shortly thereafter, he was elected to serve as the vice chairman. Well, that wasn't enough because in 2007, he was elected to serve as the chairman of the board and has been the chairman since. So the congressional ward is the only let me repeat, the only official charity of the United States Congress.
2: Mr. Baker's resume also includes serving for 16 years as the executive vice president and general manager of Centric, BET's complementary network targeting African American and multicultural adults. Mr. Baker was also president of BET Event Productions, which produces music festivals, TV specials, and concerts throughout the world. He has produced numerous television shows, home videos, and released over 40 DVD and CD titles. Today
1: our topic is leading by example. Chairman Baker, thank you for joining us today. How are you doing today, sir?
3: Healthy and positive and thank you. I appreciate uh, all the accolades. Uh, I'd like to think I'm a busy person and by and large, I I guess some of the results of that kind of pan out that way. But I'm healthy, positive, thankful, appreciative and blessed.
1: Yes, well, thank you. We're glad to have you, Lear, and I are so excited to share you with the the world today, right? The United States Congress has established the Congressional Award in, in 1979. To really recognize initiative, service, and achievement in our young people. Why is this legislation important to kids across the United States? And most
3: importantly, how do students get involved? If it's okay, I'll actually answer it in the opposite opposite manner in which you asked it. So on how people it's get true. involved, real simple, congressionalward.org. And uh, that's where you sign up. But countless members of the 435 members across the United States, members of Congress and the House of Representatives, each of them, you can sign up to your Congressional Award membership office, also uh, many high schools uh, as well. But in addition to that, through your guidance counselor who can help you with it, but in addition to that, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, 4-H, a number of different uh, kind of uh, ancillary organizations that we work along with, AmeriCorps. You can also sign up to each of those because we're complementary with each each of them. So it's from from Marian as far as the organization, also members of this all four branches or five branches of the service as well. It's it's this is very much something that's complementary and not so much competing against anything else that exists. So you can be a member of a wide array of different organizations and also work with and complete your congressional work while you're doing other things. So it's overwhelmingly complementary. And Martez, you're very familiar with the four pillars of it, which we'll get into a little bit later. But each of those uh, aspects of the person's life by way of service and different pieces of it, it's complementary as well. So, so that's so the that, that. second question. The first one I'd say on why it's important. I think this is something that's pretty amazing that helps develop young people because of all the things that I just mentioned. But in addition to that, this is something that's earned and not something that you win. And so everybody has the opportunity to earn this, and this isn't something that you win because of you know you hit a home run or you did something that was overwhelmingly amazing. This is something that you earn over time. So the goal of it was for young people to put time into each of the areas to develop themselves from a physical fitness perspective, from the voluntary public service perspective, from a uh, personal development perspective, and then from a travel and outward bound piece and so I think that the award is something that comprehensively kind of uh, has the opportunity to build every single part of your life up. And for that, you actually earn a congressional medal, first with bronze, then with silver. And then, as with most things, to attain the gold at the end of the day is attaining that gold. So much like the Olympics from a bronze, silver, gold perspective, we we, we very much uh, kind of uh, walk in that same light. Thank you for answering those two questions. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Lyra.
2: Why is it important to serve your community as a young adult? So
3: great question, Lyra. Uh, Wonderful question. I I think there's something enriching, at least I'll speak for myself, uh, throughout the course of my life. When I give and give of myself beyond something it is that I have to do, I find that that has been probably some of the most enriching parts of my life, doing things that I did not have to do in service of others. It started first with the lessons that my mother taught me inside of my own home, and then it grew out to my community on the other side of it, and it has given depth to my life in ways that I would have never imagined it before. And I, I think that it, it helps you become a better human being yourself by way of sharing and getting things that you don't have to do. So I would say that that personal enrichment is second to nothing I've experienced over the course of my life. As you had mentioned, I'm pretty familiar
1: as well with the Congressional Award. This year marks 15 years of being an intern, a lifelong intern, if you will, and then also a Congressional Award advisor. And so with that said, I have seen as well firsthand what impact the program can have on the life of our young people all across this nation. So can you Paxton share with us some of the benefits of participating in this program and earning
3: that gold award? Sure. So when I was born, uh, neither of my parents had their high school diploma. And when I grew, my mother ended up earning her GED and then an associate's degree. And my father did as well. Both very, very talented people. But for the era that they were born in, a lot of certainly African American people did not have high school diplomas. And certainly uh, college was something that was only kind of dreamt upon for, for many of people born in the 40s. So in my home, the initial expectation of me was to get a high school diploma. And for my father, that was something that, that was just kind of, uh, for both my parents actually, ex- expected of me. College was a wish. I ended up achieving that as well as did all of my siblings. And uh, my mother, even though she was not that educated formally, something that she wished upon us. The service part was something that was additional to it. And as I mentioned a little bit earlier, as far as like really uh, in-depth and meaning, volunteering is something, I call it a magic elixir. When you do more than is what what is expected of you, I think that it rounds you out as a human being and gives you kind of an additional depth through your life. One of my great teachers in my life is Napoleon Hill, who wrote a book called Thinking Grow Rich which I started to read at 17 years old and made all of the difference over the course of the whole of my life and still does today. And part of what he always talks about in that book is going the extra mile and doing uh, more than what is expected of you. One of the things I appreciate the most about the Congressional Award is for my life and for the components of what has helped me and inspired me and helped me to be successful. The award actually encompasses embodies all of those principles. And so... One of them right off the bat would be doing more than you're expected to do. And so we've actually taken that even further with the award now by way of kind of adding on additional pieces where you can, through uh, STEM, uh, go and get some extra pins and medals above and beyond the award. And that to me is even going beyond that extra piece with it. And so it's a great challenge. It's a great challenge. And and, And for fulfilling this challenge, you actually get a medal out of it. So we do a gold medal ceremony every year in June. Other than COVID, for the last year or two, we've had to adjust outside of that. But prior to that, for the past 17 years, we had a gold medal ceremony in June in the capital. And it's such an enriching thing to to see parents and young people come in and to laud them for the achievement above and beyond their high school diploma and sending them off to college. So that, that's part of, uh, to me, I guess to answer your question, a little bit more succinctly, that, that part of it is that extra special magic sauce that comes about through applying yourself and getting and doing more than what's expected of you. Absolutely,
1: and I like the way you uh, phrase it about going over and beyond that extra piece and, and learning new things. And I know as an educator myself, and you know as the world turns, if you will, it is important for us to continue to expose students to new things and to living outside of their comfort zone, right? That over and beyond extra piece that you talked about. So how can the Congressional award program open those new doors
3: and opportunities for our students? Well, I think the award itself is there as to how it can open additional things. That's the, in my opinion, the beauty of the beauty of what the award is. it's it's a challenge. And so it provides a platform for people to come in and work off of that platform to achieve different things. And then I think the award itself is still growing from the perspective of each year with new technologies and uh, the things that the staff of the award has learned themselves by way of writing the award, by way of, of the past couple of years specifically, We've done a lot of work in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, of which some of which you're you're familiar with yourself. But I think since the unfortunate and untimely death of George Floyd last year, we've challenged ourselves even more to be even more inclusive, and to provide greater opportunities to all communities, and in particular communities of color. And with one of the board members that we have, and Martez, Martez, by the way, congratulations to you for one. Coming through the program yourself, as you mentioned, or mentioned starting off as, as an intern, mm-hmm. and then the work that you've done in your own growth. And all of us are just so very proud of you. We also have a great board member in uh, Bruce Walker with the Office of Cable Television who's done amazing work. And one of the things I appreciate about Bruce is once you get him started on something, he continues on with it. And when you talk about by way of growth... He's come up with ideas, this program just being one of them, to help us grow the program specifically in the city of Washington, D.C. So I I think that it's something that's organic. It's something that's alive. It's not something that's static. It has grown. I'm the first chairman of color for the award, and I don't think that I'm going to be the last one. And so the program itself continues to grow and grow in ways, I think, in the next who knows, month or two, three months, ways that I may, may not have even imagined today. And I think that's the other part, the, the beauty of with, with the young people, and we have over 50,000 young people in the program now, they're gonna to continue to challenge us to think about and do things that we, we had not thought about before. So it's something that's uh, organic, alive, and amoebic and is growing.
2: And I have a question for you. Who or what inspired you to pursue a career in broadcast media?
3: I guess the, the one person that, that to me is a, just a, a lifelong inspiration to me, and he inspired me not just so much in media, but just overall, is a gentleman named Harry Belafonte. And Harry is my kind of surrogate father or adopted father, and he inspired me more than just just media. But Harry was, or is, because he's still alive, he's 94 now. But he was the, the first African-American in the media space to develop his own production company. And he was the first uh, first person, not just African-American, to have a gold record. You hear a lot of people talk about gold and platinum records. Well, the Deo, uh, the Deo which, is, which is still played in, in sports arenas all throughout the United States and the world, that was the first gold record ever. And so Harry was an actor. He was a singer. He was a a Broadway actor. He was a film actor, a TV star, boy, a producer and activist. Uh, He was very active and became uh, one of Dr. Martin Luther King's best friends and helped him immeasurably throughout the course of the civil rights struggle, but also human rights. And just he's inspired me through pretty much everything in my life to achieve more and not to limit myself as to what the possibilities are. In addition to your career and the
1: inspirations in your career uh, in broadcast media, uh, how were you inspired and how did you become the chairman of the Congressional Award Board of Directors?
3: So I mentioned Napoleon Hill a little bit earlier. And in the book, and Grow as I mentioned, which has been potentially the most influential book in my life outside of the Bible. On all of it, it's always about going the extra mile and challenging yourself. And so I learned the art of volunteering at a very young age and uh, volunteering on a wide of different projects around uh, the church that I was raised in. And and then when I started to travel, it pretty much, it was at that point, it was a part of my life. And uh, it's continued to be a part of my life, like even to this day. So it's always for me about doing more than, than what's expected of you. And I think that that when you do that, it continues to open new doors of possibilities that you yourself don't necessarily think about when you're doing it. Volunteering has been an integral part of my life and continues to be, and it's opened uh, multiple doors. If you only think about what you have to do, if you only think about what you're getting paid to do, to me, then you're limiting yourself on what the other possibilities could be on on which you could absolutely achieve with your life. And so the Congressional Award, ironically enough, when I really got involved in it, it it fulfilled a lot of different parts of my life. So I was already volunteering on boards, and i have been uh, I'm still on the uh, Herbie Hancock Institute of Jazz, which at one point was called the Thelanese Monk Institute of Jazz. I've been working with them since 1989 in Washington, D.C., the Washington Performing Arts on their board. I'm now on American University's WAMU board. I'm also on the Wilberforce University, which is a, which is the third oldest HBCU uh, college and university in the United States the oldest private institution. I'm on their board. And then of course the Congressional Award, which really fits into my life for my own activities. So one of the other areas of the award by way of um, challenging yourself and um, personal development, I'm an avid reader and also an avid traveler. And that is uh, something that's near, near to my heart. I Travel is amazing. You learn every time you get out and see some different things in different cultures. Uh, in addition to that, the physical fitness part, I'm 60 years old, and I have no interest in being the the most fit six-year-old. I have interest in being the most fit person I possibly can be. And so that's an integral piece to me. And then lastly, I mentioned earlier the expedition, exploration part uh, on travel. So in uh, about a week, I'm going to Ghana. And I have not been to Africa in quite some time. So I'm really looking forward to it. And part of what my goal is, is to travel to different parts of the country that I haven't been before and see some things that I haven't. And then some of the things that I have kind of go back and, and to me, just kind of uh, deepen my appreciation for them. So I think for volunteering, and I think that adults should volunteer, I think that young people should volunteer, that you find something that kind of like fits for you and hits your passion point. And when you do that, you'll open up doors of thought and also, I think that volunteering is an anti-aging pill. <laughs> so, Dr. Amos, can I ask a question? I, I'd like to ask if I could, and maybe just one question. But, Lyra, I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, maybe if you talk with us about your goals and your aspirations.
2: I'm honestly not sure what I want to do right now. Uh-huh. To be honest, all I know is I want to get through high school and college. hmm yeah, remember,
3: um, some of your aspirations, or goals don't have to necessarily have to be tied to school or like and, and part of what I'm asking is not so much like, you know, what do you want to do for when you grow up or what do you want to do for a living or anything like that? But so I'll give you an example for myself. When I was younger, and and still even as I grew up, a lot of people asked me the question about what I wanted to do, what I, you know, what what were my goals, what I wanted to do for a living, and I never really figured out candidly, even as as old as I am now, what I really wanted to do for a living. But I always kept that front of mind for myself that whatever I did, that I wanted to be successful. So. That was always important to me. And so I'm kind of throwing it out to you the same way now. So I'm not asking the question so much from the perspective of, you know, have you figured out you want to be a doctor or an attorney or something like that? But what are some of the things that you'd like to have in your life from an aspirational perspective?
2: I think that one thing, one goal that I really have is to become more confident in myself because I feel like I push myself back a lot because I care a lot about what other people think of me and I want to be able to just have trust in myself. Hmm.
1: You're on the right page doing what you're doing right now, right? Being a a co-anchor on this national podcast, this is amazing. So, I mean, I know Paxton will
3: agree, this is the way you do it. Yeah. Absolutely. So Lara, are you volunteering now?
2: Um, not at the moment, but I think mm-hmm. that that sounds like something I'd actually be interested in doing. I'm not sure where, but I'd volunteer somewhere.
3: Okay. So Dr. Hammonds where are you volunteering right now? I volunteer
1: with the YMCA, I do a lot of diversity, equity and inclusion training, which some people pay a lot of money for. But locally, I've been doing some free sessions to just try to help people, like you said, Lyra, be more confident in who they are and culturally competent and what they're doing uh, right now in life. And so what I could also say to you, Lyra, as well, and those who are listening, the Congressional Award with its four pillars of, as Mr. Baker's talked about, volunteer public public service, personal development, physical fitness, and most definitely expedition to exploration um, really will lead you to that sense of confidence and building confidence and building trust not only in yourself, but in your community and the folks that see you around your community. So I'm I'm glad that Chairman Paxton asked that question because it's very meaningful to what we're talking about today as you're leading by example. So Lear, it looks like you have another question for
2: us. Yeah. If you could select one word that describes your work ethic, what would it be and why?
3: Diligent. And diligence to me is something that's uh, consistent and persistent. And I think that that would probably be a way that I would describe myself, is I am pretty consistent and pretty steady. And so a, a diligent would be a word. And then if I could add another one, would be creative. And I, I like to, I think that creativity is around all of us each and every day. And if you have an open mind that you can kind of come up with some pretty cool and creative ideas, but then you need that diligence part to kind of really fulfill them and push them through because you sometimes find that people have a lot of great ideas, but the ones that actually push and uh, move their ideas along are the ones that actually kind of become successful and actually uh, come about and, and actually become reality. So I have another question for you, Mr. Baker.
1: Over the years, you have served in many leadership positions, as we said earlier. Uh, What three lessons have you learned along the way?
3: Boy, you guys are really good. We have some really good questions today. (laughs) And so from a spontaneous perspective, I'll say one is, and and actually these are easy for me from, from my training. And so one would be a positive mental attitude. I think that that's, the single most important thing that a person can have in their life is their own mental attitude and being positive themselves. And a friend of mine gave me a statement that that I learned in college way, way back in the 80s. And that was never say anything about yourself that you would not want to be true. Mm. And I've held to that over the course of my life. And Every single day, I'm mindful of not saying things about myself that I would not want to be true. So, for example, sometimes you hear somebody say, boy, you know, I'm really bad with directions or I'm clumsy or I forget names all the time. I don't put things like that in my head. And I work at making sure that anything I say about myself or think about myself is positive and if I catch myself, to correct myself as I move along. So that that would be one, is a positive mental attitude. And then two, uh, once again, one of the congressional word pillars is sound physical health, being as healthy as you possibly can, being mindful of the things that you eat, the things that you drink, the things that you take into your body. And that is critical to me, on being as healthy as I possibly can be. And then the other one would be having an open mind on different things and not just closing off opportunities or possibilities of things. And then uh, there was sometimes as a young person, as a young person, I was going to speak for myself when I was younger, like you, you sometimes focus on things that you don't think you can do. And so somebody will ask you a question and the first answer is like, no, I don't think, I don't think so. Or no, I you know, I haven't thought about that. or Well, it's like to kind of be open minded and to be open-minded from a thinking perspective, and also to be willing to challenge yourself to achieve different things. So Mortez, you mentioned a little bit earlier about different things there, are different leadership positions in my life. Back in 2006, I was in my dentist chair, Dr. Ronnie Rosenberg, and I was getting some, some work done. I don't know if it was a cavity or a filling or what, but he asked me if I had been following the Washington Nationals Baseball Club, which had just come to DC in 2005, and in a short space of time, he made an introduction for me and I met the learning family. And within a year of that conversation, I became part owner of the Washington National Baseball Club. And we did a press conference not long after that. And I made a joke at the press conference, but it was one of those kind of like funny little jokes and jest. But it was uh, about Mr. Lerner, who was in his 90s at the, or his 80s at the time. They asked him when was he going to come out and do another press conference again. And I said at that press conference in 2000, in May of 2006, he'll do another one when we win the World Series. And lo and behold, uh, from 2006 to 2019, 13 years later, we ended up winning the World Series. And the World Series. And I got a World Series ring. And it's... Uh, precious things in in my life is uh, being a part of a group that won a World Series. And so I think, uh, Lyra that dreams do come true. And I I think uh, setting aspirational goals for yourself that are really, really high that you don't necessarily think that you might be able to achieve is really, really worthwhile doing. And for you, it could be like, you know, I want to be a doctor, and it doesn't have to be a, just a medical doctor. It could be a PhD. It could be a dentist. It could be a wide array of different things an ascetiologist, a psychiatrist. Uh, uh, there's so many different fields you can achieve a, a doctorate degree in, and that's something that you can achieve. But if you don't take those chances and set goals like that for yourself, then the odds of you achieving them are very, very small. Chairman Baker, thank you very much for those
1: final notes and those thoughts that you have really given to us. Positive mental attitudes, sound physical health, open mind, different things, thinking about different things. I'm going to turn it over to Lira and let Lira go ahead and close us out for today. This has been a really good and productive
3: conversation. Thank you, sir.
2: Do you have any final thoughts for the students in the District of Columbia?
3: Sure. Well, I have a question first for you. And that is from what you've heard today. Do you think that you might be interested in in, uh, joining and becoming part of the Congressional Award? Possibly. (laughs) Okay. Right. Well, we'd like you to. It's uh, 14 to 23. And so I think you're in our age bracket. And I'd like you to certainly tell your friends about it. It's real easy to join. And uh, D.C. has its own chapter, the D.C. chapter. And right there, as I mentioned, uh, Bruce Walker, who's one of our board members, is the uh, head of programming for the Office of Cable Television and Film. So volunteerism is an amazing thing. It's something that can change your life. And I'll close by saying one of the other elements that I would add to it is harmony and human relationships and being able to capacity to be able to get along with people and to understand people is something that's critically important. I think that volunteerism has changed the whole of my life. And every day I still volunteer as I age. My position with the Congressional Award is a volunteer position. And volunteering opens more doors than I could have ever tried to imagine by, by kind of not thinking of, of giving it additional to myself. And so I'm blessed. It, it really has blessed and enriched the whole of my life. I don't know anybody who volunteers who wouldn't tell you that. the The volunteering component really enriches their life. So uh, I'm appreciative of the Congressional Award for that, for giving me that opportunity. And even though I volunteer and don't get paid any financial uh, dividends for it, it's opened multiple doors to me, which have helped me professionally in in ways untold. So I would encourage all the young people out there who are listening to this. I hope it's interesting to you. Congressionalaward.org is how you sign up to join it. And don't play yourself short. uh, Believe your own dreams and challenge yourself to achieve your dreams. Thank you so much for being our guest on our show
1: uh, today and for those words. I, wow. Who could have said it better than you, Paxton? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you both.
2: Yeah. And thanks to everyone for listening. I'm Lyra Pinchotti.
1: And I'm Dr. Martez Hammonds. Have a great day.
0: You've been listening to Cafe Radio, hosted by Dr. Martez Hammonds, Chief Diversity Officer at Purdue University in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The Radio Café podcast is a collaboration between the Office of Cable Television, Film, Music, and Entertainment, the Congressional Award Foundation, and students from the Elliott Hine Middle School Media Program, facilitated by Mandrell Burks. For more information about the Congressional Award Foundation, visit congressionalaward.org.